Canto 3 begins with perhaps the best-known lines from the whole of Dante's Divine Comedy, Abandon every hope, all you who enter here. It's the words above the gate that's right at the vestibule of hell proper, which Virgil and Dante are now going to enter. But the words are more interesting than just the most famous line. There's quite a lot to them. So here they are in full. It begins actually saying, I am the way into the doleful city. I am the way into eternal grief. I am the way to a forsaken race. So there's three I ams, and in the Christian world, of course, that immediately recalls the I ams of Jesus in John's Gospel. And it's the I am the way. So there's already something slightly strange about this because it's saying that there's something about stepping into the vestibule of hell, something about the descent, which actually is part of the way. It's presented at one level, you might say, as this is the way that those who are going to end up in the doleful city, who are going to end up in eternal grief, who are going to end up forsaken, this is the way that they will go. But it's the slight ambiguity um, which um, I'm sort of trying to stress in my understanding of, of the Divine Comedy. Um, it's not, there's more than meets the eye, um, as even they, when they enter the vestibule of hell. And I think that continues with the next words above the doorway as well. Um, it says, justice it was that moved my great creator. Divine omnipotence created me and highest wisdom joined with primal love. Highest wisdom and primal love, as well as justice. Now, we might expect justice at the gateways to hell because the sort of common or garden every day presumed unthinking assumption certainly in the Christian world, is that hell is there for those who justly deserve it. But then it's added that it's highest wisdom and primal love that made it as well. And again, I think this sets up the suggestion that something else is going on. Um, a thought that comes up for me is um, that um, justice in Aristotle, who Dante knew very well because he quotes Dante um, later on um, in the Divine Comedy, um, and in particular quotes the Nicomian Ethics. Well, in the Nicomian Ethics of Aristotle, justice is considered to be a failed kind of love. Um, it's what happens when you have to resort to the law to settle your differences, rather than being able to draw on relationship and love to work things out. So justice is not an ideal, actually, in this mindset. Um, which it, it's often thought of in the modern world that way. But justice is a, represents a kind of necessary failure. And so I'm wondering whether this, again, to the slightly more subtle reading of this entrance into hell, this is saying this is a necessary failure, which is part and parcel of what it is to be human, but it's a way that leads to something else you don't fully understand right now. It is still strangely a part of the highest wisdom, the wisdom that exceeds human comprehension and the primal love, the love that holds all things together. So the oddity signaled right from the start. And then it moves to before me, nothing but eternal things were made and I shall last eternally, abandon every hope or you who enter. Now, Dante asked Virgil about this and the first thought that Virgil gives, again, is the 
sort of standard uh, medieval understanding, um, which um, has a lot in it. It's a very rich understanding, which is that the people who enter hell are the souls who have lost touch with their intellect, is the translation. Now, this is um, the translation from ultimately the Latin um, intellectus. Um, Dante, of course, writes in the Italian vernacular, but um, it would have had the resonance of the Latin intellectus. And it means something rather different from what we mean by intellect now. It's not a kind of dry, logical reason, as intellect tends to mean now. Rather, it's the part of the human soul that can resonate with the divine understanding, that can see and contemplate um, the deepest, richest side of the created world. Um, and so, what this is saying is that the souls who go through and enter hell are those who have lost touch with the implicit, the subtle, the inner meaning of things, the soulful, spirited, divine sense of life. They've lost touch with that because they've lost touch with the side of themselves that can appreciate it. And so in losing touch, um, they find themselves trapped in a world without that um, understanding. It's a rather literal um, world. Um, you know, where the punishment fits the crime, the kind of things um, for which hell um, is known of at a cursory, immediate um, uh, approach. Um, but again, um, that's not, that, that's not, there's more than, than meets the eye, and there's more going to be going on in this. Um, but sure enough, um, you know, Dante is wanting to take us through this initiation, through this um, opening up. And so the first thing that Dante the Pilgrim sees as opposed to Dante the poet, who's who knows more. The first thing that Dante the pilgrim sees is a hell um, as he would expect it. Um, you know, there's wailing and gnashing of teeth, um, the suffering going on. Um, here um, is his first sight, um, as is described um, in the text. Um, it says, Here sighs and cries and shrieks of lamentation echo throughout the stairless hell, stairless air, sorry, echoed throughout the starless air of hell. At first these sounds resounding made me weep, tongues confused, a language strained in anguish, with cadences of anger, shrill outcries, and raucous groans that joined with sounds of hands, railing, raising a whirling storm that turns itself forever through that air of endless black, like grains of sand swirling when a whirlwind blows. So it's the kind of hell which you'd expect to see in a horror movie um, or expect to see on a medieval doom painting. Um, but notice that um, it makes Dante weep too. Now this weeping um, which occurs to him throughout hell is significant because it's a moment where the sight overwhelms him. It's similar to when he swoons, which he does. And he's actually going to swoon at the end of the, th the third canto. And I think, again, that's kind of key because it's part of the initiation, um, as it were, what he expects to see, what he does see, um, overwhelms him. Um, and um, that sense of being overcome by things is part of, is the crucial first step, actually, to seeing more um, than just uh, what you expect. Um, you know, it's the, it's the moment when um, someone thinks they've reached um, all they can tolerate, um, you know, things can get no worse. Um, but as Jung put it, that's the enantiodromia, that's the turning point. And so um, Dante's weeping, um, even as he first enters hell, um, is a sign um, that this is going to be a long process that's actually going to take him somewhere else. And it's signal too because Virgil tells him that these are mysteries you're entering into. 
Um, this again is not just a kind of straightforward um, judgment and then punishment kind of world. And this is this is a mystery um, where things are going to um, unfold. Now, sure enough, the first people that Dante sees um, in hell um, are. Uh, again, sort of getting the punishment that you might think they deserve. Um, they're called the undecided. Um, they're the people who in life couldn't decide whether they had faith or not, um, whether they were going to stand for the good or the bad. Um, they just had kind of indifferent lives. Um, and um, they couldn't, you might say, even take the first step into life. Um, uh, they, in fact, in hell it's said that they not only um, couldn't say I've lived, they couldn't even say they've died. Um, and it said, um, Vodra tells him, it said that they live at this outskirts of hell, right close to the threshold, um, because if they've proceeded further, then those who at least had lived their life, um, if led it um, in sin, could at least look back at the undecided and, later, and say, well, at least we're not like them. So they had to be kind of held back um, from the dead. Um, in order not to provide the dead with any kind of consolation. Now, there are very, very many of the undecided. Um, Dante um, is amazed at how many of the undecided dead there are already. Um, he's hardly even got into hell yet, and there's many, many people here. And I think that's supposed to stress that um, the undecided just followed the kind of collective masses um, they were hoi polloi um, that didn't uh, really think about life for themselves, that didn't embrace their own intuition and most importantly didn't take their own freedom to live their life. Um, and this is their kind of, um, their, uh, their desperate um, fate now, um, that because they didn't even take the first step, they're just kind of stranded um, in this undecided place. Um, it's emphasised because of their so-called punishment, um, which I think really is more a repetition of where they find themselves ending up. Um, they are surrounded, Dante notices, by flies, hornets and wasps that constantly sting them. Um, they stink, get stung so bad that they bleed and the bleeding droops down their bodies and falls on the ground where it turns into pus and the pus is eaten by worms. Um, first one of the very, 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 very vivid images that you get in the Inferno. But um, this stinging, which of course makes them care, they're going to care about that um, in this random, hideous kind of way, um, is complemented by the fact they're also running very fast. And Dante notices that they're following um, someone carrying a banner. But it's a banner that, as it were, has got nowhere to stand. Um, they don't know where they stand, so they've got to kind of keep moving. Um, so they're, they're trapped in this perpetual... Um, uh, undecided state. Um, you know, Freud would say it's a repetition compulsion. Um, that is, as it were, what happens when you don't embrace your freedom in life, that you just get stuck um, uh, into the minutiae cares of the everyday, as it were, that sting you um, like a wasp, but at the same time being led without knowing your ground, without understanding where you stand, and by the banner that is never put down. So these are the first people um, that he meets in hell. Um, it's a brilliant example of what's known as the contrapasso. Um, so this is normally translated as, um, you know, the kind of appropriate punishment. Um, there's more psychological insight in that. that it, it's then stressed it's not quite a punishment. Um, it's more that this is all that the soul is capable of experiencing. Um, if you like, this is the the deepest threads that shape their life, now amplified and made explicit um, in hell. 
Um, so for the undecided, um, it's been um, both tormented by um, everyday niggles and bugs, um, but also just having to kind of keep moving with, with the masses. Um, so that's the contrapasso, but I want to push it a bit further than that too, because I think what this is also beginning to indicate to us um, is that um, in hell, um, you see what you're capable of seeing. Um, it's not that you that hell is the place of your own making. Um, I think that's too crude. Um, it's more like hell is the place you see um, when you are a bit short-sighted. It's a kind of myopic vision um, uh, uh, of life. Um, it's it's uh, a kind of um, reflexive sense. Um, now, I think this is a really deep, deep insight, because I think even in this life, it's true that we see only what we're capable of seeing. And this is actually a rather modern understanding of perception. Um, Immanuel Kant said that um, our minds are like pairs of glasses that we put on to bring things into focus. But of course, they can only bring into focus that which they're tuned to see. Our minds can only see that which um, they're set up to see. And so often in life, um, the task with seeing more is to undo your expectations to, as it were, refocus your mind so it can take in a bigger view. It can focus onto things which were out of sight or below the horizon before. And I think that this is being reflected, not in the Kantian sense, but is already beginning to um, shape what Dante sees in hell. You know, he sees at first in hell what he would expect to see. Um, and then he also sees this sort of sense of justice, which he would sort of expect, um, which in first instance you might um, interpret as a punishment fitting the crime, um, but actually is something more subtle going on, already flagged up by the oddities that love and highest wisdom has shaped this place as well. Um, another thing I really like about the undecided um, is that they're a kind of haunted set of souls. Um, and I don't know, this makes me think about what people report um, about hauntings now, um, or about people that uh, have visitations from the newly dead. Um, you know, it's often said that um, uh, people that die and then souls that hang around and haunt um, the people that carry on living um, are souls that haven't really quite realised they've died. Um, they're souls that um, can't, as it were, leave um, this earthly life. Um, and this, there's something of this going on, I think, in, in, the, in this Canto 3 and Dante's Divine Comedy, um, that these are the souls, too, who um, can't even fully enter hell. They can't, as it were, leave life. And they're haunting Dante now and haunting themselves as well. Um, so, you know, really interesting parallels and reflections um, going on. You know, this was written 700 years ago by Dante, and yet still gives us some sort of understanding perhaps of what even goes on from strange experiences that happen in this life and um, the souls that haunt are the souls that can't leave this life and so an exorcism for example often is trying to tell the soul and um, to go where it should be now to give it permission to give it the kind of will to help it decide to do that. Dante looks at all these souls and another thing happens for the first time which is going to happen many many times through hell um, he recognizes um, one of the souls um, now this is a massive theme um, first of all it signals that you know we are recognizable souls in the afterlife it is something about our individuality um, that situates um, us where we're going to be in the next life Dante is presuming um, 
it's part of our freedom, part of our will. Um, it matters now what we decide that's going to uh, affect what we can experience in the next life. And so, as it were, where we all end up, um, what we have the capacity to see. Um, Dante doesn't tell us who it is that he recognises. He says it's the one who made the great refusal. Now, that in itself um, echoes something of Dante's current state. If he knows one thing as he's on the threshold of hell, he knows that he hasn't refused to enter hell. Um, you'll remember that in the first two cantos, um, he um, didn't know what to do, was fearful, seemed to find some courage from somewhere, then his courage left him, until finally he realised that he um, had Beatrice's blessing, who'd sent Virgil, who was going to be his guide, and he managed to find enough um, courage um, to overcome his cowardice and so step into hell. So he hasn't, he knows that he hasn't made the great refusal. He is stepping out at least the first step of this journey. Um, quite who the soul is that he sees who has made the great refusal is hotly debated. Um, I suspect um, the option that people go for um, that's right is probably Pontius Pilate, because um, Pilate famously in the Christian story refuses to decide himself who Jesus was and hands that decision over to the crowds, to the hoi polloi. Um, so he's now part of the hoi polloi um, in having to run through um, these early stages of hell, stung by the bugs. Um, but there's something about Dante seeing that because, again, it reflects his state of mind. If he knows one thing, you might say, is that he hasn't made a refusal to enter hell. So sure enough, the thing which he sees, which he can focus on, and the soul that he spots, is one who made a great refusal. Um, that, that, that aspect of our consciousness has been stressed again. After contemplating the undecided, Dante looks up and sees another crowd, and the second group that he encounters in hell. And then he notices that this is a great group queuing to get across the river Acheron, um, which is the river that encircles the underworld, and both in Virgil's understanding and now in Dante's too. Um, and there's the boatman, um, the boatman Charon, who is going to take people across. He's a terrifying devil figure. Um, he does something as well um, for the first time um, in the Inferno, which is notice that Dante is still one of the souls of the living, not one of the dead. Um, and he's outraged that Dante should be approaching him. Um, he makes actually this uh, uh, strange prophecy. He says, um, you must enter the afterlife by another port and cross another river on another boat. Um, this actually is a prophecy not understood at the time. Um, prophecies are nothing's really understood properly in hell. Um, strange utterances and oracles are often said and they just kind of float away. No one really understands them. Another real, really, really important aspect of what life in hell is like, um, just with this strange numinous sense that something's been said but it not been able to be absorbed into your sight. Um, the reader, Dante the poet, knows that actually it's the prophecy that Dante the pilgrim um, will enter purgatory across the river Tiber um, with the angel who takes um, the souls gonna, who are going to go into purgatory that way. Um, but we don't know that yet. Um, and instead Dante um, just sees the souls queuing eagerly um, to cross the river um, and enter into hell. Another odd thing, though, that he notices as they move um, through um, this crowd um, is that the souls are eager now. Um, they're both uh, um, eager to embrace um, their fate um, and eager to move further into hell. Um, and, and this is a strange thing. You know, what's this about? It's not quite explained. 
Um, Virgil says it's got something to do with God's justice. Um, I just wonder whether, even in this now sort of increasingly dire place, there's flickers of love, faith, hope, um, still alive in people unconsciously. They don't know that. They they feel at one level that every hope has been abandoned for them. And yet in their eagerness to kind of move around, to try and move into hell, there's something about in that perverse desire to go into the descent, into the darkness, and um, they're still carrying something of, of a vague sort of promise that they've now lost touch with. Um, Dante feels that he's learned his great first great lesson in hell um, and enthusiastically says you know I saw I understood and so I spoke to Virgil of what I now kind of got um, but Virgil chastises him Virgil says okay you know you have seen something seeing is the first key part of understanding another great theme that's beginning to settle down um, but you've spoken too soon you haven't really understood this is a place of mysteries this is a place of initiation um, I would, as I'm putting it, um, and he sort of tells Dante off, and Dante realises that he's spoken too soon. He's, as it were, tried to grab onto his understanding to help him um, settle um, in this place. Um, but you don't want to settle in this place, uh, Virgil implies. And so Dante kind of bows his head and feels full of shame. And then the reality of the place therein overwhelms him once more um, in its immediacy. Let me just read a few more lines. Um about these souls. Um, those souls there, naked in despair, changed colour and their teeth began to chatter at the sound of this announcement of their doom. They were cursing God, cursing their own parents, the human race, the time, the place, the seeds of their beginning and the day of their birth. They were weeping bitterly and packed themselves along the wicked shore that awaits every person who fears God. Dante's taken back into the immediacy of the place, and this is what he's got to experience fully um, if he is to make next steps. And surely once, uh, it, once again it kind of overwhelms him. Um, he swoons this time rather than weeps, and the canto ends with him feeling the desperation of the place, which is the most important thing he must experience here in Canto 3.